so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 80. Yes, number 80. All right, so on this episode, we had the pleasure of interviewing Tom Gerincer. Who's Tom, Jonna? Tom is an ASJA journalist, a CEO, and the head writer at Gerincer Creative. Yeah, and Tom's pretty legit, guys. He's been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Scouting, Paul Culture, and he's been cited in Forbes Fortune HuffPost, The Economist, and dozens more. Yeah, the whole reason we talked to Tom today is because he is in the process of writing a book called I Can't Do It Without You, God, and he let us in on a little behind the scenes before it's published. Um, basically, his life of all the ways, whether it was business, his relationship, or his health, that he tried to make it happen on his own will and his own strength, and until he threw his hands up and said, I can't do it without you, God, all of it pretty much failed. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is putting it lightly for sure. So uh, <laughs> this is what Tom says. Right, it's true. It's true. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, Tom Gerencer. All right. Well, let's get it going. All right. So we'll do five seconds of silence if we can get the little one to do silent. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. And I then, will run uh, out with him. And then I will welcome welcome you to the show. And then you'll take it. Go ahead. Just start it off because he's fussing. Tom Gerencer, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast, man. Thank you, Chris and John. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So we're excited to have Tom today, as I was actually just saying before we started recording, because Tom's got an awesome story. Tom, you do all the things. You're a journalist, a writer, a husband, a dad, a author. What else? Uh, entrepreneur as well. Well, I run a, a content business. Uh, so that's, that's another hat. Perfect. And that's very relevant these days. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we may hear our fourth kid here, Ledger in the background. I hope that's, hope that's cool. But for anybody who's listening to the show long enough, they know that that happens quite often, but yeah, Tom, like, like Jonna said, man, I was, I was reading through what I could about you. Uh, and gosh, man, just, just an awesome an awesome testimony and story. Uh, and you know, one of the really, really, one of the coolest things about having you on the show is kind of your, your message today. And that is, and that is that, you know, I can't do without you, God. And so, Hmm. and so we want so badly just for you to first and foremost, begin to kind of dive into your story for us. uh, And then, and then we'll be able to kind of converse from there. Yeah. How did you get to that conclusion that you couldn't do it? It was, uh, it was, it was sort of like, I, the more I think about it, it was sort of like how Job was brought to it kicking and screaming, um, you know, because I, I started out when I was young, I had almost no faith in myself. I had a lot of older brothers and an older sister who kind of took everything out of my hands and was, oh no, that's too hard for you, you know, be out of kindness. But, um, but by the time I got out on my own, I started realizing, hey, I actually, you know, I can whitewater kayak. I'm very competent. I'm not this helpless person I thought I was. And that was healthy at first, but it grew uh, from that little seed into a giant sort of tree of arrogance where I had just a lot of, at first, healthy faith in myself. And then that became sort of a, uh, you know, oh, I can do anything sort of attitude. I mean, I was whitewater kayaking all over the Western Hemisphere at one point on some really serious rivers. I, I started and ran a successful business um, out of just about nothing. I was, uh, uh, you know, the only thing that wasn't perfect was where I was. So I decided I wanted to move. Um, but once my wife and I came to, we, we started out in Maine. And once we moved to West Virginia, the economy here was not what it was. Um, things weren't working. I had a, my business, I started a new business and it failed. And then uh, I, I got a new job that was very low pay about two weeks before our first son was born. And I struggled with that job for a couple of years and then lost it two weeks before our second son was born and, you know, already struggling to make ends meet. And suddenly we got another son on the way in two weeks, due dates in two weeks. And I lost that job. 
And that was a big strain on me emotionally. It was a big strain on our marriage. Our marriage suffered. We went to counseling for a long time and that didn't seem to help much. Um, and, you know, from having this massive faith in myself of, you know, I can do so much. I'm very smart. I'm resourceful. I'm physically fit. I'm mentally able. You know, I have all these things going for me. I was sort of forced down this dead end of, look, there is nothing you can do to get out of this box you're in. Go ahead and try everything you want to try. I tried for a couple of years, you know, just like relying on my brain and my creativity and trying all these things and nothing, 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 nothing worked to the point where I got to a point where I finally realized I cannot do this. I don't know if something changed that, you know, I lost all this faith in myself. I don't know if I'm getting older or, or, you know, something's wrong with my brain or just something changed in the world or my attitude or something, but whatever it is, nothing I have tried for so long is working. And after a while, you just have to admit, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And so then I was, you know, I was really, I'm being cavalier about it, telling this story, but it was emotionally, it was a constant gut punch for a long time of just, I can't do this, you know, and and I'm in a dead end. And then when, but I had to face the fact that, okay, well, I'm not going to die. I'm going to be around for a while. So that plus I can't do this equals where am I then? I'm stuck and my life is going to be miserable. Um, And then I started thinking about kind of some things that my, you know, my father and mother had raised me to have a strong faith but I, I had moved away from it. And uh, luckily they had done that because that gave me something to start thinking about. And I thought about, you know, a year before my dad died of a series of strokes, I had asked him one day, you know, are you happy? And he, he instantly said, yes, no thought, no qualification, nothing. Just yes. And I was like, wow, um, you know, you've lost your wife. You've lost two sons you've lost, you know, you're from a family of 12. There's only a few of those left. You've uh, lost, I can't even count how many friends and family. I'm embarrassed that I asked him this, but I said, how are you happy? (laughs) And, uh, but there was no danger that I was going to undermine his happiness. He, um, he said, well, you know, I have a very strong faith. And uh, then he said, you know, and I, I do a lot of things I like to do with people I like to do them with. And I don't really think about things that bother me for too long. And I understood the, the last part of that, but the strong faith, I thought, well, I don't know, does that mean he's looking forward to the afterlife? So he doesn't really think about this one or, and I think it, it was probably that, but I understand more now what it really was um, that was keeping him happy in the day to day from that faith. But back then I didn't understand. So when I found myself in this box of misery where I realized I couldn't do anything, those words came back to me and gave me somewhere to start digging. And uh, through that digging, I decided, well, I can't do it, but that doesn't mean that there isn't somebody like right in front of my eyes who can do it. <laughs> and I suddenly changed I can't do it to I can't do it without you, God. And that was not instantly transformative, like a like a switch flipped on, but it was deeply transformative and it and it became like a flywheel that starts spinning very slowly, a big heavy flywheel that suddenly began to get up to speed and suddenly everything changed in my life. Wow, man, that is so powerful. powerful. That's so incredible. The question I would have for you, man, is is I know someone's listening right now and they're like, okay, cool. So this guy kind of potentially grew up in the church and worked his way through and had struggles. Okay, yeah, we all have struggles, all these things, but but my question to you is who was God and who is God now to Tom Grinser? That's a great question, Chris. Uh, when, when I was younger, God was sort of this authority figure, this authoritarian presence, you know, standing there with like a ruler ready to whack you if you did the wrong thing. Yeah. And, um, and, and then when I, when I, started to go back to to the church. Now, the first thing, like I said, was that I started to say, you know, well, I can't do it without you, God. And that meant, you know, I'm going to do what I can. Um, I don't believe in Jesus take the wheel. I think God wants us to work. There's a lot of evidence in the Bible for that. Uh, But I started to say, you know, um, I'm going to work as hard as I can, but as hard as I can means there's a Sabbath. You know, that's part of what 
God wants. And the Sabbath might not even be just on Sunday. It might be, you know, every day when you're done with work or you can't, you just can't, you can do what you can do. I like that. Yeah. And that was very freeing. And then the outcome has to be up to God. So, but to answer your question, who is God now? Um, that became through going back to church, listening to the, we have a very good priest and through listening to his sermons and through prayer and, and looking at all these different things in the Bible and starting to try them. Because like I said, they had always been like rules with someone standing there ready to whack you if you did them wrong. I started to realize that those are not prescriptive rules. Those are prescriptive, if that's the right word. Those are, those are things like, hey, I know you want to be happy. I've made this great creation for you. I want you to enjoy it. Here's how. <laughs> and I didn't, now I see it that way. I see it as, you know, I listen to it every day, every Sunday in church. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm blanking on the words exactly, on the exact phrasing right now, but it's uh, an eternal, all-powerful, and ever-loving God. I mean, that, I, those words never really sunk in. I heard them, and they became like I could, I could you know, almost hear them in my head right now from Mass. But it's suddenly, yeah, it's someone who lives forever, someone who loves you more than anybody else possibly could, and someone who is eternal and all-powerful. Did I say that? It's in there somewhere, too. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so... So, so I started to realize like, no, this is, God is someone who is absolutely all powerful. Nothing is impossible for God, loves me, wants me to do well and enjoy this creation that he created and, uh, and showed me how. And I, and I never really had understood that before. I thought it was like, here are the rules and do them right or mm-hmm. you're in trouble. And, and there is an element of that, but mostly it's, here's how you can really have the best possible life you can this is it. And I didn't understand that things like charity could possibly be, be for me, but they are, uh, which I found out, but we can get into that later. But that hopefully yeah. that answers your question. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head because I feel like a lot of times that's how many of us see God and that's where it's more of a religion. And then it takes, it takes going through the hard things. It takes trying to put band-aids on it yourself before you really look up and realize like, whoa, I can't do this. And then you have a relationship. Those words mean so much more. Um, I wanted to, yeah, I want to unpack some of your story. So since I just said the Band-Aid part, I feel like, so this is not a knock on counseling. I am totally an advocate for counseling, but you're not the first person who I've heard say, hey, marriage counseling, it just doesn't work. It didn't work for me. It didn't get me anywhere. In my opinion, it feels like if it's marriage counseling without God, it's more of a Band-Aid, and I'm wondering if that's kind of how you felt it was for you or what what was missing in it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I uh, you know, I have the greatest respect for the two counselors that we saw. I think they were great. There's actually one counselor that we saw and then a separate one that I saw in the same business. They were great people. They were very well-meaning. They had a lot of great advice, but the problem was in how I was approaching it was okay, this is going to give me tools to fix this. Again, that giant tree of arrogance that had grown inside of me, this is something that I can fix. And that's not it. There's nothing that anything that I was doing to try to fix things is basically an indictment of my wife and saying, you're doing this wrong. So I'm going to try to fix it through these tools, through counseling, which is just going to make everybody feel worse. Like anytime Mm -hmm. you're you know, you've got a finger pointed out. You're like, look, you need to change. Yeah. Um, so, so it became more of once it became, you know, I can't do it without you, God. I mean, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't overnight because there were certain things that once I realized I can't do it, the second thing I had to face was I don't have a strong faith. I mean, I do now, but I didn't have a strong faith. And so I thought, well, how do I get that faith that my dad had that, that enabled him to be this happy person no matter what happened in his life? How do I get that? And then when I started going back to church and bringing my kids to church, I started realizing all these things that the priest was saying. You know, you've got to pray. You've got to, you know, do charity. You've got to do fasting. You've got to read the Bible. You've got to come to church. You've got to keep God's commandments. All these things oh, those are the how-tos of how to build that strong faith and that strong relationship with God. And coincidentally, they also all were made miracles happen in my life. Each one of those things that I thought was, a you know, like I said, a rule there to punish me became, no, if I do any one of those, it makes my life better. 
Um, yeah, man, I didn't love... ramble too much. There. No, 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 that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely want to unpack some of those, some of those specifics. Uh, now I want to ask you an interesting question. So, so I'm curious to know, and because you're on a podcast, you're clearly okay with kind of sharing your dirt here, right? But um, sure. I'm, I'm curious to know what, what, what was the foundation of your marriage prior to all of these things? Because the, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, definitely let me know. But the, the general consensus I'm getting is there was a lot of stress um, in your marriage financially. There are a lot of things you feeling like you couldn't provide all these things. Uh, but what was yeah. the foundation of your marriage like before that, that caused those things to be a breaking point? Well, it was like you said, there was a lot of financial stress because I couldn't provide. Um, there was a lot of emotional stress because I was, you know, just pushing a lot of things on my wife that, you know, oh, you know, you're doing this, that or the other wrong, um, you know, and then that would cause these long sort of three-day fights and a lot of animosity, a lot of bad feeling. And I'm not saying that everything is perfect now. There's a lot that I, I still don't provide. I feel like my wife is, you know, she's taking out a lot, obviously, through the COVID thing. Um, sure. Her name's Kathy. Um, but she, she's a great woman. She's got this, she's the, um, she's the board president of our local animal shelter. And through that, she traditionally works about 50 to 60 hours a week for free oh, wow. to wow. save uh, with, on a team that saves thousands of animals' lives per year. Um, it's an unpaid, unpaid position. So, um, she does all this great work and then she also has to be kind of the full-time, you know, caregiver. But, but the foundation for our marriage before this was very much coming from a, a viewpoint of, you know, you've, you know, Kathy, you've got to fix these things. These things are wrong. And, um, that was very unhealthy. And like I said, led to a lot of deep fights and a lot of deep, bad feelings that just kind of a a bad, a general like undercurrent of bad, bad feeling all the time. And, it, you know, I'm making it sound like so academic, but it was very emotionally uh, tough for both of us where I don't think either of us was feeling like things were getting met, you know, needs were getting met. And, um, and that changed dramatically because the counseling, you know, you, Johnny, you brought up counseling and how it can be a Band-Aid. And that was more of a, um, you know, like I said, trying to fix things. Whereas, you know, at any time I would be kind of ruminating on all these thoughts and like, oh, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and uh, once, and that was feeding into all the fights because when, one of the great things that one of the counselors said to me that the one takeaway that really changed things for me was he said, you know, I can sit, you could come in here every day all month long and talk to me and you're not going to get anywhere because what's, what's causing your problem. And I was having these anger outbursts, uh, really bad anger outbursts, uh, where he said, what's causing your problem is not that you can't control your temper in this moment when you're suddenly losing your temper, because once you get to that point where you lose your temper, you are completely powerless to do anything about it. It's good. It's like a tidal wave. It's going to push you down and go past you. And he said, you know, what you need to do is in all those little moments when you're washing the dishes and you've got all these thoughts, you know, how dare she, blah, 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 blah. That's the moment when you're filling up that anger tank mm -hmm. that it's going to cause you to snap at some point. Maybe it's three months from now, but if you keep filling that, you keep churning those mental cogs, eventually it's going to get away from you and there's nothing you can do about it. And so a big part of, you know, this change was suddenly realizing, look, I can't do this without you, God. I can't make a good relationship. That's not up to me. I can do what I can do, but it's not in my hands to make a good relationship with my wife. I can do what I can do, let it go. And the outcome, God, is up to you. And when I started thinking that way, spiritually, I think God really started doing things, but also just within myself that, you know, washing the dishes and build, filling up that anger tank stopped because I was like, no, that belongs to God. That part, the insoluble thing that you churn on in a relationship that's wrong, that you keep like running over and over again in your head, that is not something that's up. That's not something that I can handle. That's, um, I and I would start realizing, recognizing that's God's. I can't do anything about this. 
this is, you know, this, this part is up to God. And so that cleared my mind, um, that part of leaving things up to God and same thing with work and everything else in my life. There was a big kind of mental clutter purge, um, when I just started realizing what things belong to God and what things belong to me. Hey everybody, Chris and John here. Wanted to tell you real quick about Marriage Helper. Yeah, Marriage Helper is dedicated to restoring marriages through proven research-based relationship education. And the coolest thing I think about them is they have a 77% success rate at saving marriages on the brink of divorce. Yeah, and also guys, you know they're legit when they've been featured on Dave Ramsey Show, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Fox Business, Women's Day, and so much more. They've got courses, they've got coaching programs, and then they've got their flagship event, which is a three-day workshop, which is supposed to be a total game changer for any marriage. They have courses that cover uh, anything for the hurt spouse through an affair, reconciliation in the marriage, deepening sexual intimacy, and I mean, just a ton more. I'm not going to read them all here. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're somebody who has uh, lost hope in your marriage or just feels like it needs uh, a reboot here. Go ahead and check out the link we have for you. Marriagehelper.com forward slash, this is kind of a long one, question mark R-E-F equals G-Y-G-Y-M. So marriagehelper.com forward slash question mark R-E-F equal sign G-Y-G-Y-M. Gotta love that. All right, guys, back to the show. That's good. We actually, so we just interviewed our pastor and his wife recently, and she made this point. She's like, you know, is this marriage more than just today? Because I think it's so easy for us to be frustrated with life in general, especially when, you know, like you brought up COVID, there's a lot of negative and stressful things going on right now. So it's so easy to continue to fill that anger tank. I like how that uh, your counselor worded that and to put it on the people you care about most, but if you start to step back and like, is this marriage more than just today? And I think it's easier to not feel that anger taken, not get mad at every little thing. And like you said, do what you can do. We talk about that a lot on the show. That was kind of an aha moment for us is like, I can't control what Chris does. I can't fix his issues like you were talking about earlier, but I can focus on myself, which is really how the whole Grow yourself, grow your I mean, marriage. I'm perfect. We all know that. But. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll talk outside. about arrogance. Talk about that tree of arrogance right here. Right. But I, I just, I love that because I think there's so many couples in that place that, um, a place of hurt that just want to find somebody else to blame it. And it's easy to blame the person you're with, especially right now, 24 7. Yeah, pride before the fall. Always. Yes. Yeah. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah. It, it is. And that, that's the crazy thing about it is you, it, it's, you feel like you're, this is why people go to counseling, right? Because you feel like you're in this situation that, look, if it was just me and I was in the garage working on a lawnmower, I could fix this because I could go and like get some YouTube videos and I could, or I could talk to people or I could diagnose the problem and I could fix it. But when there's two people involved, you can't fix it because there's no like, you know, you, there's no like uh, crescent wrench or, you know, uh, socket set that's going to help you fix your your spouse, that's where you realize the the fixing needs to happen on this side of the equation. It's not the other Mm -hmm. side of the equation that needs fixing. And that's, that's when counseling, when you approach counseling as I'm going to go to counseling with my spouse, because I'm going to fix this marriage, Mm -hmm. that's never going to work. You're setting the, however good the counselor is, you're setting the counselor up to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that has to happen is like you, like you say, you know, grow yourself, grow your marriage. You have to number one, I think, realize I can't do this without you, God, this is not up to me. I can, I can do the, the right things. And then I have to let go of the outcome. And then, um, you know, and I can pray for one of the things I pray for, you know, I talked about how, you know, going back to church was big. Praying was big. Meditation was big for me, charity, fasting, and reading the Bible. But um, praying, one of the things I, I got to admit, one of the things I prayed for was more money. Because as, as materialistic as that is, you know, one of the sermons from our priest talked about the widow and the unjust judge. There's this widow who goes to this judge and says, I want justice. And the judge says, no. So she basically goes back every day and says, I want justice. I want justice. And finally, the judge says, you know what, just to get you out of my hair, fine, I'll do what you want. And the priest's point and the Bible's point is, you know, if, and Jesus's point 
terrible is if that if that unjust judge will do that because he just doesn't want to listen to this persistent person anymore think how much more an all-powerful god who loves you so much like more than you could possibly imagine will want to help you so once the priest said that i said well i'm gonna pray for money i mean as much as that's materialistic you know I'm going to pray for it. Maybe it's the wrong thing. Maybe God will turn around later and say, but what you really should be praying for is these other things. But I did start praying for money and I, I got it. I mean, it was, there was crazy things like during COVID, my biggest client um, had to cut my funding back by 75%, not because mm-hmm. of COVID, but because of, of uh, they, their, their parent company suddenly changed the rule arbitrarily. And I was out in the cold. Well, I started to panic. I started to churn the mental cogs, started to think, what's this going to do to my family? How am I going to fix this? And then I stepped back and realized, no, this is another instance where I have to just say, I can't do it without you, God. There's no way during COVID when all of my writer contacts are saying, work has dried up. There's no work that I'm going to go out with my resourcefulness as, as, as that is and fix this problem. I'm just not. Right. So I said, look, I can't do this without you, God. And an, an hour or an hour and a half later, I got this phone call from this person I had met at a convention a couple years before. And she said, would you like to write a book for the discovery channel? And I said, Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, And she said, okay, let me put, let me put you in touch with an agent. And the agent said, you're perfect. You, you know, you've got manufacturing experience. You're a writer. You've adapted TV scripts into a book before. These are all things that they need. Now that's great. I'm the perfect person for that job. There's probably a lot of jobs I'm the perfect person for. I could never in a million years have found this job though. Right. I could so never have cool. gone online and found this. It was from it was from saying, look, I can't do this without you, God. I know that even in saying that, I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying the outcome is yours. I hope you fix mm. it. Um, but yeah. I can't convince you of anything. There's nothing you already know what I need, you know. Please fix it, but this is yours. And an hour and a half later, boom, there it was. And then beyond that, after that, I thought, what's going to happen for an encore? You know, I wrote the book. It's in the publisher's hands now. Well, all this other work just started rolling in like crazy. And um, so that's one thing I prayed for. But I also pray for, you know, apart from those physical things, I also pray for spiritual gifts. Like, you know, if, if I get in an argument with my wife, Instead of praying, you know, please fix my wife, I pray, you know, give me some compassion, God, give me your compassion, give me your love, not your love, like in terms of I need love, but love that I can give. Um, Give me your understanding, give me your peace, grant me your peace, you know, I I pray for all those things. And those are things that you get, I, I swear, you get almost instant. Yeah. You pray for him. Oh, dude, absolutely. That's that's awesome stuff, man. I I think what really connected with me in what you just said was, well, first off, I can't do it without you. God is such a broad topic, right? And uh, and yeah. you just said, you know, grow yourself, grow your marriage. And it's funny, and me and John are bring this up all the time. But basically, like about halfway through our episodes, we're like probably like twenty thirty in. We're like, wait a second, like, whoa, hold the phone. You know, these these tools, these tactics, these these things that people can check a box with. Yeah, they're going to help you, but they're not going to change your heart. They're 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 not going to change. You know, the all of the special dynamics of each situation like God can through they're through, through mm-hmm. prayer. Exactly, and so yeah, man, it's it's. It's amazing you've come to that conclusion. We've come to that conclusion. I feel like everybody comes to that conclusion when they seek that. And and something I feel terrible for not mentioning this, but but so Tom wrote the book. I can't do it without you, God. And uh, and so so Tom, in the book, you sent us some little blurbs of the book because it's it's not yet out, right? Right. It's uh, I'm shopping it around to publishers right now. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is amazing. And we got a behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like special. Great, <laughs> great writing. Obviously I could see your experience in writing and content creation, all that stuff is so good, such good stuff. And, and I wanted to kind of unpack some of the things that people would say, Hey, these are growth tools and have you, and have you re- relate those back to how these spiritually change the game for you. So for one, uh, sure. I, I know you speak a lot about, I know you speak a lot about uh, you know, charity and giving and contribution, right? So yeah, yeah. Here's the interesting thing: there's tons of very wealthy people who give and give and give, and they're miserable. So unpack that a bit. Oh yeah. So um, so uh, 
I, I, I came into the charity thing because our priest gave a sermon on it and would mention it once in a while, you know, you've got to give. And I happened to, you know, pull him aside one day and say, look, at the time, uh, look, I'm, I'm too poor to give to the poor. I don't, I can't give anything. What can I give? And he said, no, 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 no. Um, which since I've had some discussions with some uh, other Christians and they've said, no, you absolutely should be giving money. Mm-hmm. But he said, don't, you know, don't focus so much on giving money. He said, give some of your time. You know, you can help people. There are ways you can help people without giving money. And so I started thinking about it and I thought, well, what am I supposed to do? Go to a blood bank, you know, like give, go to a blood drive and give some blood. I don't even have like an hour in my day to go do something like that. I don't get it. And I, but I kept, he kept mentioning it here and there and it kept kind of working in my brain. And um, finally one day it hit me like a, it was like a blinding light. Like I am a career expert. Part of one of the companies that I wrote for, for years was zeddy.com and they have a, an online resume builder. And I've written hundreds of articles about how to write a resume for all different jobs, how to write a cover letter, work skills, all those kinds of things. And I have some notoriety through that in the, in the jobless world. And I always have people connecting with me on LinkedIn and saying, Hey, can you help me write my resume? And I tried to do it for money. And it was a nightmare because it takes forever. You don't make enough on it. And I stopped, but I suddenly realized, you know, all these people, I've been saying, no, I can't help you. I'm sorry. I don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Go use this resume service and pay for a resume. I suddenly realized, you know, on a Saturday morning for half an hour, they could share their resume with me and I could just go in. I don't have to write their resume. I can just go in and make some comments and say like, look, this should be more this way. Um, Half hour, an hour in the morning on Saturday morning. I suddenly realized that God all along was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, look, you have built-in skills to help these people that I am sending to you and you're not helping them. And it, it's that it suddenly hit me like there's my charity right there. And um, I don't, I always hesitate to tell this story because you know, those who give in secret are rewarded in secret, but I tell this because I think your listeners will want to hear it. There was this one guy, this was a mind blowing revelation to me. This one guy came to me and said, my wife is regularly collapsing I have three young children at home. I'm traveling all over our, all over like the tri-state area for my job. Every time I get these calls, I have to rush home and, you know, she goes to the hospital in an ambulance and I'm, I'm an immigrant and I don't speak English that well. I can't find a job. COVID just started. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, you need more than resume help. I can't help. And I said, well, wait a minute, God, I can't do this without you. I think what God was telling me was, you can help with a little slice here. I'm sending, you know, don't worry, I've got a big project management thing going on. You're this piece. You know, he needs a resume. He's come to you. And so I said, okay, look, let me help you with your resume. Turns out this guy had an astounding career, a huge skill set. And so I said, look, you're not showing it in your resume. Do this, you know, small help. He then got this job like two weeks later full-time job right in his own town, working for the government. Um, he's, it's for more pay than he was working for before during COVID. And I didn't do that, right? God just said, look, help this guy with his, all I need you to do is this part, you know? And, and but the feeling when he came back to me on LinkedIn and messaged me and said, I got this job. I can't believe it. I can never thank you enough. I'm so grateful, you know, and, and I went back and said, look, it wasn't me. It was you, you know, it was God. It was, it was whatever. But the feeling that I got like, oh, I was part of this mission, this thing that God was doing. I got to be a part of that. I felt so good. And then during the writing of my book, I started researching charity and it turns out charity makes you feel better. Like this is all, there's huge body of evidence on this, st- uh, scientific studies and surveys and everything. Charity makes you feel better. It fights disease. It fights Alzheimer's. It fights dementia. It makes you live longer. It, um, it does all these great things for the giver. So, so, and yeah, giving money helps too. I, and I'd never heard that statistic about the rich people who give a lot. Maybe it's because they're not connected. They don't see the effect. That's just like, right. you know, in something in a spreadsheet for them. But, but, Charity, it, again, it wasn't God saying, you must do charity or I will punish you. It was God saying, do charity because this is going to help you 
build that faith that you want, like my dad's faith, who he says, oh, I'm just happy because I have this strong faith. That's a big component in growing that faith, building that faith. And it's also going to make you feel great. It's going to help you in so many ways. I want you to do this for other people. But primarily, Tom, I want you to do this for you. I didn't understand that. Now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, so I'll go back to what I was saying about the rich person who gives a bunch of money away. I feel like and even scripture talks about it, and I'm not like a Bible scholar, but basically talking about like, look, the thing that is most precious to you, that's what I want, right? So if money's the most precious thing to us, that's what God wants. (laughs) If time is the most precious thing to you, that's what God wants. And so I feel like rich people, the less, the least precious thing to them after they've made tons of it is money. So they're going to give it and they're not, and they're not going to feel that well, it's that, also like a PR. That true sacrifice and contribution, yeah. right? Yeah, it's also a PR type yeah, thing. Yeah, but too. time is a big, big, big deal for a rich person because they start to realize like, oh, wait, I can make more money, but I can't get more time. So taking a wealthy yeah. person's time, that that is usually true contribution in my experience of talking to different people and stuff. So that's what I meant by that. Yeah, it, yeah that makes total sense. And John, it's a good point too about the... Um, you know, the PR thing, because again, there's that line from the Bible about those who give in secret will be rewarded in secret. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, those people, they're doing it to get PR. Well, good. There's your reward. You got the PR, but you're not going to get the good feeling. You're not going to get the reward from God. Um, so, so, and, and yeah, exactly. It's part of their business. And so by the same token, like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say by telling that story is again, I, I always hesitate to tell it because I don't want to kind of aggrandize myself through it. I just want to say, God is probably tapping you on the shoulder right now and saying, there are people you can help with your special skill set or your special situation, and they're asking you for help, and that's where you got to go. And you don't have to take eight hours you know, a week or anything like that. You just have to think, well, how can I efficiently do this? And again, throw that back to, I can't do it without you, God. You know, I want to help these people, but I can't do it without you. I mean, in the past, I probably would have turned that guy away because I would have thought, there's no way I can help you. Yeah. Your problem is too big for me. And then I realized, no, I can't do it without you, God. I'll do the part I can and God will take care of the. You got to take care of the rest, God. And God that's, did. That's why I love that you call, said he has like a project management team because it is. He's like, he might use us in the smallest way, but it helps that next person get to where he's maneuvering them. It's I, I would... I would love to see the behind the scenes of the puzzle, <laughs> puzzle pieces all coming <laughs> right. together. And, yeah. I feel bad about telling that story yeah. because ultimately I think it brings perspective to people. I think, I think it helps people understand like, okay, yeah, that's true. You know, like it's not about, it's not about, you know, being the whole piece of the solution. It could be about being a small piece. So yeah, I think that's awesome, man. You should, you should keep telling that story. That's great. I, I agree. <laughs> and I just want to kind of add, cause I know people, a lot of times if they aren't super in touch or in a place where they're communicating with God a lot, they're probably like, well, what do you, what do you mean God told you? What do you mean God tapped you on your shoulder? And I just feel like it's important to say like, you know, as you seek, like you say, you keep saying, I can't do it without you, God. So that was, I believe your way of seeking and saying like, basically like, Hey, Holy spirit, what do you want me to do? And that's how you're being nudged. Because if you're not in that place and you're not listening for his voice, then yeah, you're not going to recognize people coming to you to help them with their resume as a God thing. You're just going to think people are annoying you (laughs) and wanting your help. Exactly. That's what I did say. Oh, I wasn't so, I wasn't quite so cold. I was kind of thinking, Oh, (laughs) I want to help you, but I'm just, I'm swamped myself and I'm struggling. I can't help you. And then I just realized like, oh, I wake up on Saturday mornings before before the family. I've got like a half hour to, yeah. to an hour and a half there where I can help. Um, so so a number of things, uh, just real quickly, if I could, I'd like to run yeah, through course. the other, you're talking about the other things that help me build my faith that I have now. So church, number one, going to ch- church every Sunday, I thought was just like a way to ruin my weekend. And now <laughs> I realize like all these great, it, it's no, it's like way to get great insights that help my life. If, and there, you have to kind of, you know, there's all this like repetitive songs and repetitive prayers that I kind of just use as meditation now um, as a way to kind of connect with God. But I listen for the insights as well. And I get great insights to help my life. Um, meditation, I started doing, it's kind of, that's kind of a, a, a secular thing, meditation, or, you know, not, not specific to any one religion. But, um, but I found that very helpful in terms of building on this, um, you know, quieting the mental clutter. Um, so doing that every day has been very powerful to kind of help me get closer to God, help me get, you know, 
help me get more in kind of in tune with, you know, what God kind of wants me to do, which is to leave a lot of things up to God that I can't control. Um, and then charity, well, we already discussed that, but uh, fasting is in the Bible as a way to get closer in touch with God, to not realize, to not put so much um, emphasis on, uh, on food and, or just on, you know, not realize that it's not all about, you know, man does not live on bread alone. It's not all about that. Um, and also, you know, I, I have, I had chronic Lyme disease for about two years and it was, that was contributing in a big way to all the bad things that were happening to me. It, it causes insomnia. So instead of waking up feeling fresh in the morning, you feel like there is no new fresh start. You feel mm-hmm. like you're just the same day is just grinding on. All the problems are just piling up. Um, it caused a lot of joint pain. I could hardly play with my kids, uh, was going to doctors for forever and taking all of these medications and finally started, had actually had a friend of mine who's, uh, not, I don't think he's very religious at all, but he came to me and said, Hey, have you ever tried fasting? I had some joint pain and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't even know about my Lyme disease out of the blue priest had been telling me the priest had been telling me for you know years, you should be doing fasting. And I'm like, ah, it's for old people. <laughs> and I started doing it though, because you know, God was like, okay, you're not going to listen to the priest. I'll send it in through this person that you trust, you know, this multimillionaire who you have a lot of faith in. I'll send the message in through him. So I tried it. And within a week, all my Lyme symptoms were gone. Um, I tried inter- intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I started, went with more of the Lent type fasting. And, uh, and that's, that's been huge in my life as far as, you know, there's a lot of research behind that too. Fasting, a lot of research behind all this advice in the Bible that is kind of like, you think is just kind of like, oh, you got to do this because, it, because religion is hard. No, it's like, this is here to help you. It, it fights all kinds of different diseases. And then reading the Bible too, um, you know, to build a stronger faith. Although if you read the Bible, I, I would always try to start reading it many times in my life, cover to cover. It's hard. And didn't realize it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like if you stacked it up as books, it would be like this wide. It would be like <laughs> 10 books long. And I, did, I, never, I never knew that. And the first like couple of books is just like, is re- I, I hate to say it, it's really boring. Yeah, man. So there's some great articles <laughs> yeah. online. If you want to, if you want to get into reading the Bible, you just go online and Google like, what order should I read the Bible in? And there are a few really good articles in there that say like, look, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I will speak to that. So, so I also felt like the Bible was really boring. I got into the Bible project on YouTube and basically what the Bible project does is, is it will give you a reading plan where you can begin reading and you watch a video on the whole entire chapter that you're going to read. And it really breaks it down in a really very helpful way and just kind of opens up what the Bible is uh, by chapter and kind of tells you what's going to happen. So when you read it, you're not so confused by everything that's happening and depending on whatever version you're choosing to read and all that stuff. And so uh, that is, that's been super helpful for me. I feel like, I feel like, a pretty decent tip for somebody who's never read the Bible, who maybe wants to check it out, would be just go through Proverbs. There's so much wisdom in Proverbs. Like starting from the beginning of Proverbs and reading a proverb is extremely like, wait, like I think I've heard this in personal growth before because I feel like Proverbs <laughs> is all over personal growth. It, or personal growth is all over Proverbs. That's cool. Okay, I'll check that out. I haven't heard of uh, the Bible Project, but I'll, uh, is it called the Bible Project? You said the, the Bible Project. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's yeah. a nonprofit, but well, they do they illustration do really, and really stuff good job. that like helps keep your attention through the story. Yeah, and if you don't know what the Bible is at cool. all, you can spend like the first hour just watching these like seven to ten minute videos, um, which kind of just breaks it all the way down from like what the heck is this book? What does it mean? Why do they speak this way? All that stuff, and it's a really it's a really really cool project. So yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot in a short amount of time. All I'm thinking is when your book comes out, I think, cause I know you, like you said, you're like, I have to do this kind of in an academic way, even though it was like a brutally emotional, stressful time for you. Yeah. And I'm sure you talk about it so much that it's like natural to, to talk about now, yeah. but I, I hope that, um, our listeners and we can read your entire book so we can really feel and understand the story even more. But obviously sounds like the overarching theme is try to do it by yourself, whether it was marriage, career, life, and your health didn't work. You put God at the front and suddenly, like you said, things aren't perfect. We're still human. Of course. Uh Oh, what did it say? Yeah. Yeah. 
I got a little message saying we're unstable. So hopefully it doesn't cut us off. But yeah, we're still human. So uh, just real quick in your marriage, what is the biggest difference? I know in the, in the book you sent us, you said, you know, you don't add fuel to the fire anymore and you, your fights don't last as long, like you're better communicators. Yep. Is that the main, like, what, what can people expect? If they're like, okay, look, yes. my marriage uh, sucks, counseling sucks, and I need something else. I'm going to try this God thing. Absolutely. The, uh, the biggest change is that now the, the, instead of a three day fight, we might have a three minute fight because I'm not dumping gasoline onto the fire. I'm, you know, I'm, if we start to have an argument, um, you know, if it's a rational argument and we're, we're like, Oh, you know, this is something we need to discuss, then it's fine. And the minute it starts to kind of go into a place where I don't like it, you know, whether that's me doing it or what, um, I step back and I tend to step back and say, look, okay, I can't do this without you, God. I kind of leave the situation and I pray for compassion, for peace, for understanding, for wisdom, um, anything like that. And I seem to always get it. And then, uh, you know, then, then we come back 20 minutes later and everything's fine and, and everything's good. And there's still a lot of things I, I want to, like I feel like my wife is kind of overworked. She's like I said, she's got this huge volunteer um, team that she leads, and and this huge volunteer commitment of time. And then she's also homeschooling our five year old, and she's got a, she's overworked there. And I want to be able to you know give her more vacations and and more kind of time away from that, more of a break from that. And I'm not there yet. There's still a lot I I want to I want to do, but it's so much better now in terms of just, um, you know, not the, not having this massive undercurrent of bad feeling all the time of like these giant long drawn out fights and this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. And it's more like, you know, uh, we have a disagreement and then if I don't agree with her or I don't understand or something really makes me angry, I just go, Hey God, can you help me? Can you give me your understanding? Can you give me your peace? Can you give me your compassion? Um, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this marriage without you, God. And that, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, I can't do it without you, God. I didn't say this, but it's kind of like a, to me, it's kind of like a Swiss army knife of prayer. And it even works at times when I'm getting arrogant, when I'm like, wow, I'm building this great business and everything's going great and look how great I'm doing. And then I stop and go, wait a minute, <laughs> I can't do this without you, God. I, I can't fool myself that I've done all this because how could I possibly have made all this work come in or, or had this person call me out of the blue and say, would you like to write a book? Or, you know, I had all these great blessings in my life. It's not me. Um, and so it's a great Swiss army knife of prayer, and it works over and over again in, in our marriage. So. Dude, that's incredible stuff, man. Gosh, awesome. Awesome stuff. Awesome. Well, so the last question we have for you here is, is there anything we did not talk about today or mention today that you would want to touch on here toward the end uh, before we say goodbye? I would say just if you're in that place that I was in, I mean, the place that I was in was so dark that it felt like there was no way out. And there wasn't, there was no way out. I mean, not that I could do. Um, If it feels like there's no way out, if, if, if you feel absolutely hopeless, you're at the absolute end of your rope. Um, I felt like that was never going to get better in my life. I didn't feel like that. I was convinced with my, you know, big brain that I had so much faith in for so many years, I was convinced there was no way out and that there was nothing I could do. If you're in that spot, um, realize that you're probably right. (laughs) They're probably, you're probably, there probably is no way out. There probably is nothing that you can do, but there definitely is somebody who can do everything for you and that uh, really loves you enough that wants God wants to do everything for you, you know, wants to step in and help. And I, I really believe that all you have to do is admit like, hey, I'm absolutely powerless. If you want to do this, you'll do it. Um, and I think that has massive, massive power to, to absolutely change your life and everything you want to change about it. So. Amen. Just like a little preach up in here. Just a little, oh, heck yeah, little man. amen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's great. And I know there's a lot of people that are at that point right now that are looking for answers, using band-aids, not 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 that that's something wrong in and of itself, but at the end of the day, right. 
I believe, Chris believes, you believe, many of us believe that God is the answer and he is the only way that you can <laughs> make life work, make marriage yes. work. It's hard. It's yes. hard to be and married. I think there's something to, to be said. Again, it's if you're an analytical person, you collect the data. You say, okay, how's life going in this way? How's life going in this way? If it's not working, it's got to, be, the strategy has to be changed. Just like Les Brown says, like literally, if you keep doing what you're doing and you keep getting what you're getting, right? And so ultimately, yeah. what it comes down to is it's like, look, I've tried this on my own, God, I've done this on my own. I've, I have tried to run a successful marriage, a successful business, all these different things. But, you know, I had a successful business, but I was miserable or I thought I had a good marriage, but you know, we didn't have the connection that I thought we had and, and we didn't have a purpose and all those things and the kids about to barge in the door at the perfect time. But anyway, so I just think, uh, I just think, yes, truly I can't do it without you. God is a message Dude, they're banging on the door like crazy. I can't do it without you. God is a message that, uh, that all of us need to let really penetrate us. And, uh, and yeah, man, gosh. So, the last thing here, Tom, is I know the book's not out yet and you're, you're kind of working through that process, uh, but where can people find out more about you and you know, be prepared for, for your book launch? I don't really have a website for the book yet, anything like that. Um, you can definitely look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, Tom, I'm, I'm there as Tom Gerencer, G-E-R-E-N-C-E-R. And I do have a website for my content business, which is just TomGerencer.com. Awesome. But I hope to, uh, you know, once I get this, this, you know, I've published one book in the past, uh, think like Google, it's a, it's a marketing book and, um, and I've got this book coming out, uh, how it's made for the discovery channel. Cool. And, uh, that should, that should be out very soon. And then the, I can't do it without you, God. I think if you just, you know, Google that down the road, hopefully that's, uh, right. that's in the bookstore soon. All right, dude, that's awesome. Great stuff, man. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. And, uh, and we look forward to uh, hopefully, yes, checking out all of your material uh, in the coming future. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> all right. Back thank in. you so much. It was so great being here. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode with Tom. If you did, be sure to go ahead and share it with somebody. And if you want to find more about Tom, his website is linked in the show notes. Also linked in the show notes is our Marriage Helper affiliate link. We are so excited to be partnered up with them. And if you are in a place where your marriage feels stuck or even in crisis, we really hope that you'll go check out their website. Um, also, new to the show, we have a, num a number now. So you can text us if you have questions or feedback or a review or hopefully not concerns. But if you do have concerns, um, you guys can shoot us a text message at 513-620-4333. That's 513-620-4333. We cannot wait to hear from you guys.